0: chapter 1. We're going to read through this,
1: this chapter. We're going to read the first seven verses. Uh, then we'll process through a few questions and conversations. Uh, and then we'll respond with some worship. The worship table will come back up and we'll spend a little bit more time in worship. And there's one more thing that I want us to do later. Uh, but it says this in Proverbs chapter 1 verses 1 through 7. For Gink, uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This is Solomon, who's David's son, writing the book of Proverbs, he says this in verse 2. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and in prudence behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And verse 7 finally says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray this evening. God, thank you for your word today. And Lord, we thank you that even over the last several weeks, God, that we've been able to, that God, explore what Proverbs has to say about some very prevalent topics. God, that talks about our hearts, our words, our choices, our friendships, God, addictions. And even today, as we talk about this overarching conversation, God of wisdom, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to each of us. God, help us to hear you clearly. God, help us to know what you would speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 On your half sheet, you'll find a couple spots where you're able to answer a couple questions. And the first one I just have is this. Well, how would you define wisdom? So I just, as we're talking, as we're processing, one of the things that I think is important for us to do is to really navigate intentionally certain conversation pieces. And one of those conversations is wisdom. And so I don't know about you. But how would you define wisdom? If you were to define wisdom in a simple sentence, not a long paragraph, not an extravagant word thing, but how would you define wisdom? If you have any insight, what would you say? Wisdom is blank. Fill in the blank for me. Knowledge, okay. What else? Understanding. Understanding, okay. Okay. Experience about a certain topic, okay? Go ahead. Kindness. Kindness, okay? Wisdom is what? Earned. Say it again? Earned. Earned. Experience. Experience okay. All good answers. Here's how I would define wisdom for us. When we look in Proverbs, and even as we look through this text, even as we set up this entire conversation, I think it's important for us to understand and be all on the same page. All of those are good answers, all of those are components of what wisdom really is. But I'll simply put wisdom is this: it's the ability to live according to truth. Simple, simple as that. See, oftentimes we we get confused in our culture, this idea of wisdom and knowledge. We we combine the two and think that they're. They're synonymous in the sense that they're equal, that they, they mean the same exact thing. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think that there's some synonyms, there's synonyms if, they, if they're anything, but there's also some difference in what they are and what they mean. So I would say this, knowledge is the accumulation of information. It's where we gain experience, it's where we gain uh, an expertise about something. But wisdom is the ability to live according to truth. And when I talk about biblical wisdom, as, as Solomon is talking about wisdom, he's not talking about the ability to live to some truth. He's talking about the ability to live to the truth, who Jesus says in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. So in other words, John is, or Solomon is telling us that wisdom is the ability to live according to the truth. In other words, God's word and law mapped out before us in the Bible. So I think it's important for us to be on the same page with that. Because as we navigate the last five weeks, you'll notice up here that we have some boards, right? So some of you will remember the first week we talked about this idea of a heart, right? So we talked about the heart and what the heart really means and and what's in the heart. And we talked about this overarching, like it's all around the, well, that was almost bad news, Bears. But we talked about this whole series called The Good Life. So I'm going to play a little bit of a, a shuffleboard for you to make a point. So we talked about heart, we talked about choices. We've talked about words, the words that use matter, and I hope some of these are are pretty uh, relevant and applicable to you, we talked about friendships, we talked about even two weeks ago this idea of addictions. And tonight we're gonna talk about this word wisdom, and the thing that is important for us to understand about wisdom is that it's not just one topic on top of all of these, but the truth of the matter is, this topic of wisdom really is the foundation of everything else that Proverbs talks about. See, to pursue the good life, oftentimes we make it about tangible things. We make it about success, we make it about money, we make it about relationship status. We make it about so many things. But the truth of the matter is that prior reason, when we get down to it, the whole reality of what a good life really is defined by hinges on our ability to understand wisdom as it applies to every other facet of our lives. See, Solomon immediately starts off this idea Of wisdom being, it's this idea for gaining wisdom and instruction. He's writing proverbs for this reason. He's stating the purpose of proverbs. The reason why proverbs is written is so that you and I could gain wisdom (laughs) and instruction. Instruction about what? Daily life. Instruction about what friends should we be surrounding ourselves with? What do we do with the addictions we we have to deal with on a regular basis? How do we you know choose our words wisely? How do we make smart choices? The Proverbs is written so we can have an understanding and give an instruction. It's for understanding words of insight. He continues on and says Proverbs is written so that we can receive instruction in prudent behavior. Now if you don't know what the word prudent is, I didn't, I had to look it up. Then I realized that Solomon defined it right after that. He says this for receiving, uh, uh, doing what is right and just and fair. Prudent behavior is literally doing what is right, just and fair. So, so Proverbs is written so that you and I can receive instruction on how to do that, how to live in a way that is right, just, and fair. Solomon continues and says, "For giving prudence to the, those who are simple, to help simplify the understanding and ability to live in a way that honors God, that is right, just, and fair. See, all of these things are important for you and for me to understand because, truthfully, we live in a world that's pretty foolish. Have you ever wondered why there had to be warning labels put on certain things? Because people make some really stupid choices. People make some really full shorts. I'm gonna read some of these things uh, because I think they're important. But uh, here's some warning things on everyday items that you and I probably have in our house or your mom and dad have in your house. The first one is this, on, the, on a packaging of an iron. Warning, do not iron clothes on while wearing them. <laughs> Why would they have to put that warning label on a package of an iron? Because some fool decided to do it. Oh, my shirt's were cool. Ah! I have no words. <laughs> On a sleep morning, may cause drowsiness. <laughs> Why do they have to do that? Because some foolish person decided to take it when they shouldn't be drowsy. Doesn't make sense. On a blowtorch, here's the best part. <laughs> Anybody guess what this morning like was? Uh, may cause fire. May cause fire? Okay, that's a good guess. Don't point at your face, okay? Don't, don't use Don't let children play. okay? Don't point at your house. Don't, don't point, point at, your your house. Don't, don't at your house. It says warning. <laughs> Not used for drying hair. So, Kyle, <laughs> you're. <in the> <laughs> I can't help, and this is no offense to anyone who's. This hair color—I can't help but think that some blonde was involved in that one. No offense. Sorry, Maddie. On a stroller. Warning: Do not take baby out before folding up for storage. I feel bad for the baby. I have a two-year-old daughter. I've never once tried to fold her over the stroller. I'm, I'm an amazing dad. So <laughs> far. <laughs> On a box of fireworks. Fourth of July is almost here. Do not put in mouth. Two more. On a toaster. Do not use underwater. Who wants soggy toast anyways? Last one, and this one I can't even fathom. Doesn't make any sense to me. I can't even picture this actually working. But these are literal things that have been put on packaging of things and items because someone was foolish enough to attempt them, then file a lawsuit against the company. (coughs) On a mattress. Warning. Do not attempt to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing. A lot of us in this room can be sitting here. Bad man. Those people are dumb. Literally. Who takes a blowtorch? I just need to dry my hair. Hello. You look like Pastor Jamie. <laughs> He's going to hear the recording. Hi, Jamie. Here's the crazy thing. A lot of us debate, like, man, those people are foolish. Those people are dumb. I can't believe it. But how many times in our own lives do we make foolish decisions? A bunch. That someone sits back and is, man, I can't believe you're doing that. The hopeful side of me wants to say that there are people in these people's lives like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Can you imagine walking in on your friend hey, underwater, jumping in the pool to use a twitch? I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> yes, I'm okay. I, my hair is soaking wet. I'm at a campfire, but I have a blowtorch to keep me warm, so why not? <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. The funny thing is, we can laugh about this all the the time. There's so many other different warning labels out there. But my question for each of us today is where in your life are you making foolish decisions and where in your life are you making wise decisions? Because somewhere in our lives there are things that you and I both know are not necessarily the most wise. We can go back to this simple example. What words are you using that are not wise words? They're a little foolish to even be speaking. Sometimes you speak way too much, way too fast before you even have a chance to process. There's this thing called foot and mouth syndrome. (laughs) Some of you are just like, I don't know what that is. Some of you are just like, I'm I'm, I'm a a member of that club. (laughs) See, there's other things like maybe some of your, your choices, maybe some of the choices you're making are considered foolish. Maybe you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. Maybe the choices you're making are foolish. You're wasting your time. You're not being disciplined or diligent with your time. And the, the truth is, is we can all point the finger at each other. But what are we going to finally make? Wise up and begin to let the Holy Spirit point the finger at us. See, Proverbs' entire goal of writing, Pro- Solomon's entire goal of writing Proverbs was not so he could put a bunch of one-liners together. So you can walk off and say, man, those were good lines. I'm going to put those on a wall somewhere. They were to give us information, wisdom, insight, to be able to live a life that is the good life. All throughout Proverbs, the challenge is, can we live the good life? Or are we going to live an okay, so so mediocre status quo kind of life? See, Jesus makes the confession in John chapter 10 verse 10 that I come, Jesus came, he died on a cross for your sins and for mine so that we can have an abundant life. Jesus wasn't hopeful that we would have an okay life. Jesus was hopeful and demanding that we had the best life possible. But my question to you is, would your life even come close to looking like that today? So how, does this, how do we even begin to wrap our mind around this idea of wisdom. Solomon says in verse 7 that I think it's important for us to hear this. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What what does that mean? See, oftentimes if we'll take an assessment of our hearts, the choices we make or the decisions we make or the things we do or the the things we say, what's what's in our hearts, the the selfish desires, the the angst, the frustrations, the anger, the insecurities, the the things that we're just like, man, this whole God thing's a joke, the doubt that we all wrestle through, because here's the truth, we will all wrestle through doubt at some point in our lives. Doubt is not a bad thing. Doubt happens. But if we were to take a moment and literally step back from our own thought process and say, okay, God, what does this even look like? A lot of the reason why we make the decisions we make is sometimes we don't know if we can fully trust God. Is God really who he says he is? Does he really exist? See, the enemy, back in the Garden of Eden when he was tempting Eve, so he said, did God really say that? Did God really say if you eat of that fruit, you're going to die? You know what Eve's response was? Well, no, God didn't say that. He said this. And then all of a sudden, Satan began to be more deceitful and created more death. And I wonder how many of us in the room, that's our struggle. Man, I... You know, I, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna pursue relationships because they're the only thing that worked for me in the moment. You know, I'm just... I'm just gonna continue doing what I do because that's—it's it's been working okay for me. Is there wisdom in your choices? How do we have wisdom? It starts with knowing God. It starts with knowing that he cares you, for you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross thousands of years ago knowing That if his son did not come, then the the, the ability to maintain a close relationship with him would be near impossible. It starts with knowing that God cares for you so much that he says that as you continue to trust in me, I will provide for your every need. Matthew 6 says, why worry about your life? Who are you? Why worry can you have a single hour to your life? And he uses, look at the birds of the air. Are they not fed? They won't stress out. Aaron's paraphrase. They don't freak out, and yet they're still fed every day. Aren't you more important than birds? See, oftentimes our ability to trust God directly impacts how foolish or how wise we actually are. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it says this fools despise wisdom and instruction. When I was a kid, I hated it when my mom or dad would step in and try and help me. Mom, I got this. Back off. What you say to me? I'm going to do it. I can do this. I can handle it. I'm smart enough. Because the insecurity of me when someone would step in made me feel like I couldn't do what I needed to do. And you know what, young person? You can only do so much. It's okay to ask for help, it's actually necessary to ask for help because that's the gospel. You cannot save yourself. Jesus did. We have to accept it. The ultimate result of our inability to be wise is the fact that we're prideful, and we think we got it all figured out. My plan is nailed. I know where I'm going with my life, I know what I'm doing, when I'm 25, I'm gonna have two kids, I'm gonna be married, we're gonna have an amazing house, I'm gonna be making at least a million dollars a year. <laughs> 25 years old comes, like, what happened? It all fell apart We you just out of college. Unless you invent something, or you inherit a million dollars, you're not going to make much money. <laughs> See, the challenge is, can we truly trust in God? Where are you at tonight? Maybe there's some of you who's like, man, you know, I don't know if I can trust God. My situation's a little bit not what I wish it would be. Maybe you're just like, man, I really wish it could be wise. but I don't know if I can trust God. What if he changes my plans? It mean, his plans are much better and will bring you a better return. See, sometimes I think we view God as this angry, Zeus-like figure ready to throw a lightning bolt at us the moment we decide to do something different. But even as we say tonight, I call, you answer Oftentimes we fail to have wisdom because we rarely ask for wisdom. You know what God says in his word? Who of you asks, if any of you asks for wisdom, that I will give abundantly. He says that if any of you lacks wisdom, which hello, we all lack wisdom, I still make stupid choices. I go home on a Thursday, last Thursday after a long day's work, My wife has been working hard. Abby has been at Gen cellars, who who normally watches her multiple days during the week. All of a sudden, I get home a little bit later, Abby's being Abby, needy, clingy, a two-year-old, which happens. Cassie's doing dinner, and I sit down on the couch, turn on the basketball game. Don't turn it. Because I care about the basketball game more than I care about my family sometimes. Was that a foolish choice or a wise choice? Some of you say it's a foolish choice. Some of you say, that was a wise choice. Well, so it's because you're not married and you don't understand about the need for kids. One day soon. Like in ten years, twenty years. It was a bad statement. One day in the future. But here's the question. How many times do we make decisions that are not wise? See. When we know God, our lives are a response to who he is. How we live our lives, did he die? I don't read my Bible because it's the wise thing to do. I read my Bible because I want to know who God is and respond every day to his goodness and love in my life. The Bible reveals to me God's heart. The Bible reveals to me God's plan. The Bible reveals to me what God has done and what God has promised. So you know that my, what I want my life to be is living in the faithfulness and the response and responding to what God has already done. The challenge is, the question is, do you know him? Do you know well enough that you can trust him? Because the beginning of wisdom, which will make all of these other choices, all of these other things, all of these other realities in your life brings clarity brings hope brings peace brings direction it helps you know the next step sometimes it requires us to call on God 1412 says this. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Your choices, the direction of your life goes down one of two paths. There's no middle ground, there's no gray area, there's no maybe this or maybe that. It's this picture of we can make the right choices, the wise choices. Well, we can live as fools, but it all hinges on whether or not we know God. So my question to you tonight is, do you know God well enough to trust him with your life? If thing were to fall apart in your life right now, can you trust him to work in all things for your good because you love him? If your family were to go bankrupt, could you trust him that he is your provider? That the Bible says he owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills, which in biblical terms, he is stinking rich and will take care of it. That Matthew 6 says, do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, or what you're going to drink. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and he'll give you all those things. That God is your provider, young person. He gives you everything you need. You need peace to handle stress? He gives you peace. Can you trust him in the midst of your life? With everything. Because when we focus on Jesus, and we seek him, who the Bible again says that he's the author and perfecter of our faith, when we seek him first, our path, our direction, life becomes a little bit clearer. Choices become a little bit easier, and wisdom becomes a foundation with which which we stand firmly upon. So where are you at tonight? Are you surrounding yourself with friends that may not be the best? Are there things in your life that probably shouldn't be? Do you have a broken music stand? Where are you at tonight? Because here's the cool thing. The Bible also says that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe you just need to be saved tonight. Maybe you need to cross the line of faith saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Take my life. Help me to live for you. Maybe you just need to say, God, forgive me for looking to other things for my enjoyment. Help me to trust in you. Maybe tonight, fill in the blank, the band's going to lead us in worship again. And I really want you to process through this because I think it's important for us to navigate a very difficult but simple conversation. The beginning of wisdom starts with understanding who God is, and it says the fear of the Lord. And it doesn't mean, really quick side note, it doesn't mean like we should be scared of God. It's not like an expert or kind of like, oh my gosh, here comes God, run away. It's literally this picture of sitting with someone that you deeply respect and admire, and they're giving you the time of day. And you're literally sitting there hanging on every word because they're spending time with you, answering every question, hearing every frustration. They literally are opening their lives to you. It's this picture of saying, it's a deeply rooted respect and reverence that he is the Lord Almighty, that nothing is above him, but he's available to you at any moment, any day. Wanting to spend time with you. The fear of the Lord, understanding how great that He is, but how much well He loves us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we know who God is and we submit our lives fully to Him, wisdom is a byproduct. It's not something to pursue or attain. It happens when we stay in a direct relationship with Jesus. So the band's gonna lead us in worship, we're gonna respond to worship, but maybe you just need to find a spot to sit down. So, okay, God, here I am. You're the creator of the universe. You want to spend time with me. Here's my life. Maybe you need to say, God, help me know me you are deeper. Because I want your wisdom in my life. Because the choices we make, the friendships we surround ourselves with, the addictions we battle on a regular basis things in our hearts, the, choice, the words that come out of our mouth. They all have their foundation upon wisdom or in some respects foolishness. So God, I pray for every. Heart.